hopefully, amen, everybody is growing. And that's the overall goal. And I'll constantly say it over and over and over again. We must move on to perfection. God wants us to be complete in him. He wants us to have the knowledge and the understanding of who he is. Amen. And because everything flows from that knowledge of knowing who he is and in your life. And so you want to grow in Christ. There's no doubt, you know, that you want to have that solid, firm foundation as we see things in the world constantly is is coming against the church. There's so much that is uh, being brought against us in so many different areas in certain ways and things. And so we got to have the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding to be able to stand in these evil days. Amen. And so you want to get your lawns girded about with truth. <laughs> you want to have on the breastplate of righteousness. You want your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You want to above all take the shield of faith so you can repel or, or get rid of those fire darts that the enemy is throwing at you. You want your mind stayed on Christ with the heaven of salvation and you want to have the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. You want to have a solid prayer life. Amen. You've got to do those things that you know to do is right, amen, to stay solid, amen, because anything can be shaken, will be shaken, amen, and is is believe me, all hell is, is turned loose <laughs> in so many areas, amen, and so we've got to stand strong. We don't understand it all, but we have a calm assurance, I won't leave you, I won't forsake you, amen, so we got to cling to the promises of Almighty God. Amen. As the song says, even when we can't see him, he's working. So we just got to let him work. Amen. And uh, don't lean to our own understanding. Because if I try to lean to my own understanding, I'm going to go, what in the world is happening? <laughs> you know, but I, I will trust him. Amen. Last week, amen, we was uh, talking a little bit about obedience and uh, and the importance of obedience Amen. And that's uh, a key factor uh, in our knowing God. Amen. And, and having that obedience to do the right thing. And then we start talking a little bit about wisdom. And that's where we want to pick up again tonight. Amen. Talking about wisdom there, number four uh, in your paper. The Oxford English Dictionary defined wisdom as the capacity of judging rightly in matters related to life and conduct. Soundness of judgments in the choice and means and ends. Wisdom is the ability to think and act using knowledge, experience, understanding, common sense, and insight. And we must all build and grow in this area. We know that First Corinthians one twenty four tells us that Jesus Christ is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. He is the power of God and he is the wisdom of God. So therefore, if we're going to grow in Christ, we got to have wisdom. We've got to know right from wrong. We've got to know why we do what we're doing. Amen. So that we will make right choices and right decisions. Proverbs 4, 5, and 7 tell us, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not, neither decline from the words of my mouth. Forsake her not, and she shall preserve thee. Love her, and she shall keep thee. Wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all thy getting, get an understanding. Amen. 
get an understanding, get wisdom, get understanding. The book of Proverbs is a book of wisdom. If you don't read any other book in the Bible, you should always read the book of Proverbs. It is a book of wisdom. Sometimes I just would have liked to have known what I know now, you know, when I was much younger. You know, I, I could probably be a, a billionaire, <laughs> a couple of millionaires over, you know, because it is, I mean, it's compact with so much of life's things that we need to know and to do. Amen. Get wisdom. Know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, you ask people sometimes, why did you do that? Oh, I don't know. You know, we we have to have wisdom. Amen. The Bible tells us in James 1, 5, he says, If any of you like wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and unbraideth not, and he shall be given to him. Biblical wisdom is not a dead-end street that leads to a cul-de-sac of misery. It is the path to deeper and lasting happiness. Happy is the one who finds wisdom in the man that, that getteth understanding. Amen. You want to have the wisdom of God. You want to know why you're doing what you're doing. You know, when you begin to read Proverbs, amen. If I was looking at Proverbs 18:21, life and death is in the what? The power of the tongue. And he that loveth it shall eat the fruit thereof. The life and death is here. I can use my tongue. I can kill myself or I can edify myself. I can edify you or I can kill you with my tongue. James says it's the littlest member, but it's set on course the fires of hell. I've got to have wisdom how to speak right, to, to talk right, to do what is right. Say, we've already discovered that they, according to Proverbs 6, there's six things that the Lord hated and seven is an abomination. And one of those things are lying, tongue, gossip, and all these things. So we have to realize to have the wisdom to know when to speak the right things and to say the right things. See, we got to learn how to control. We, we can become our own worst enemies without wisdom of control and speech. A lot of times we think that gossip is just telling negative and evil things about people. Did you know you could gossip telling good things too? See, you can. We have to learn when to hold them and when to fold them. You know, we need to learn when to speak and when not to speak. We need to have the wisdom of God. Have you ever noticed Jesus Christ? He never, according to the way I look at Scripture, he never responded until he heard what the other person was saying. He listened and then he asked either a question or he gave the answer. That's obtaining wisdom. A lot of times what I have found is people don't want you to tell them how to solve their problems. 90% of the time, they're just looking for someone to listen. They already know what they're going to do. They already, most of them know what they need to do. Sometimes they just want confirmation in what they would like to do. So a lot of times you may just need to say, well, what do you think you should do? You know, 
let them be the one to make that choice. And that way, if it works, then it edifies them and builds them to realize that they learn how to make decisions. They learn how to make right choices. Say, this is what you want to do. This is why you've got to learn about Christ. This is why you got to grow in Christ. You've got to learn how to know him so that when you go to him for wisdom and directions, you hear his voice and he gives you knowledge and understanding of how to deal in that situation. You may come to me and I may tell you something and it'd be totally wrong. And you go do what I tell you, it could be totally wrong, and you're worse off than what you were. But if you're growing in Christ, then you understand when the scripture says, cast all your cares upon me, for I care it for you. I want to hear his voice. I want to be able to let him direct my steps. The Bible says what? The steps of a good man is ordered of the Lord, and he directs his way. See, you want to grow in Christ so that you don't have to go to man for every com- everything that's going on in your life. You want to be able to go to God yourself and wait upon him and allow him to give you the wisdom and the knowledge and understanding how to deal with the situation that you're going through. So that you, when you is all said and done, then you have a clear understanding of how it should operate. And you watch God do it through you. And what does it do? It builds your faith. Say, this is what God's desire in all of us. So if we like wisdom, James says, ask God. You know, get, get, get along with God and start and says, God, I don't understand it. I do it all the time personally. For myself, I go to God a lot of times. I says, God, I don't understand. I need your understanding. I need your wisdom in this area. What should I do? You know, because, yes, it would be easy to go to some people and say, what do you think I should do? But is that what God wants I should do? You know, you look at Isaac. You know, when you look at scriptures and Isaac in the book of Genesis, you know, everybody's fleeing because what? The land is having a famine. And what does God tell Isaac? Stay right where you are. It would have been easy, man. The famine is there. Everybody's leaving. Everybody's going. But God says to Isaac, you stay right here. You plant right here. And look what happened. And he increased a hundredfold in every area. Sometimes you got to have the wisdom. When people are exiting, when people are leaving, when people are going places, when people is just leaving, you know, it's, it's, it's in you to sometimes say, I'm going too. But what does God want you to do? Is God cleaning house? Is God getting rid of the dead weight? See, if I don't have wisdom, I can fall of the crowd. What does Solomon says in mother tells him in Proverbs 1? My son, let's look at Proverbs 1. If sinners entice thee, <laughs> what she say? She says here, amen. Consent thou not. If they say come with us, verse 11, 
if they say, verse, chapter 1, verse 11, if they say, come with us, wait for, let us wait for blood, let us lurk privily for the innocent without cause, let us swallow them up alive as the grave and whole as those that go down into the pit, we shall find all precious substance, we shall fill our houses with spoil, cast in thy lot amongst us, let us all have one purse. My son, walk not thou in the way with them. Refrain thy foot from their paths. For their feet run to evil and make haste to shed blood. Surely in vain the net is spread in the sight of any bird. And they lay wait for their own blood. They lay privily for their own lives. So are the ways of everyone that is greedy of gain, which take away the life of the owner thereof. She says, if sinners consent to you, come on, let's go. She says, no. It's a trap. So the same way the bird is caught in the snare, you're going to get caught. There's a lot of people doing time right now because of what? Guilty by association. There's a lot of people pushing up daisies. Why? Because they was with the wrong crowd. If they'd have had... Wisdom, they would have had knowledge and understanding not to do it. That's why they say nowadays that a lot of the gang members, kids that are getting in gangs, is because they have no wisdom. They they just think it's fun. They just think it's, you know, something good to do. And they don't realize that the danger that they're getting themselves into. Like I said last week, you know, People, kids are getting married and stuff, and they have no knowledge of wisdom of the individual they're marrying. And we wonder why the divorce rate is so high. See, if we don't, you know, study and talk to God and get God's wisdom, we can walk right into the wrong path every time. So this is, this is one of the reasons we've got to have God's knowledge and grow in God. You learn things over the course of time when you grow in God. See? Because you want to make what? Right choices and right decisions. This thing is not temporary. This thing is eternal. Say, this is a life and death forever and ever situation. It's what we have to realize. Go to Proverbs chapter 15, verse 1. A soft answer, turn away wrath, but grievous words is what? Stir up anger. Say, we have to learn how to use words correctly. If you yell at me and I yell at you, what did we just do? <laughs> huh? We, we, we just created, made the situation worse. See? See, we have to get to the point where we understand how to turn the other cheek. Not responding in kind. See, a soft answer. An answer that is not 
you know, harsh, an answer that is easy and kind and loving will break that wall. Say, but if I come at you with harsh words the same way you come at me with harsh words, we're going to probably have fisticuffs, <laughs> you know. So you have to understand that. And who gets the glory? The enemy of our soul. See? So we have to have to realize this. Go to Proverbs chapter 2 real quick. Proverbs 2, starting with verse 1. My son, if thou will receive my words and hide my commandments with thee, so that thou incline thy ear unto wisdom and apply thine heart to understanding. Yea, if thou cries after knowledge, and lifted up thy voice for understanding. If thou seekest her as silver, and searchest for her as hid treasures, then shalt thou understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God. Notice, you find the knowledge of God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Out of his mouth cometh knowledge and understanding. He layeth up sound wisdom for the righteous. He is a buckler to them that walk uprightly. He keepeth the paths of judgment and preserveth the way of his saints. Then shalt thou understand righteousness and judgment and equity, yea, every good path. When wisdom enter into thine heart, and knowledge is pleasant unto thy soul, discretion shall preserve thee, understanding shall keep thee, to deliver thee from the way of the evil man, and from the man that speaketh forward things, who lead the paths of uprightness, to walk in the ways of darkness, who rejoice to do evil, and delight in the forwardness of the wicked, whose ways are crooked, and they forward in their paths, to deliver thee from the strange woman, even from the stranger which flattered with her words, which forsake the God of her youth, and forgetteth the covenant of her God. For a house inclined to death in her path unto the dead. None that go unto her return again, neither take they hold of the paths of life. That thou mayest walk in the way of good men, and keep the paths of the righteous. For the upright shall dwell in the land, and the perfect shall remain in it. But the wicked shall be cut out from the earth, and the transgressor shall be rooted out of it. Think about it. If you have discretion... How many wrong decisions would you have made? Not many. Notice what it says. Distression will preserve you. When wisdom and understanding and knowledge is there, discretion will preserve you. It will keep you. It will teach you the right way and the right things. We make wrong choices because we're not discreet sometimes. Paul told Titus that, 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 the, that the elder woman must teach the younger what? To be distraught. We've got to have discretion. We've got to know what we're doing, what we're doing. What does God say in his word? Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. You've got to have wisdom. You've got to grow in wisdom. You've got to grow in knowledge. You've got to grow and understand it. Some have not the knowledge of God, Proverbs, 1 Corinthians 15, 34. Paul says, and I speak this to your shame. 
if we're not growing, that means we're not having wisdom. This book of Proverbs, these 31 chapters are power-packed. Amen. I, wisdom, Proverbs 8, dwell with prudence and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was by him, the scripture says, as one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight. And my desires were with the sons of men, or the children of men. How much wisdom do you have? Get wisdom. Get knowledge. Get understanding. Forsake it not. It will keep you. It's the principal thing. It's the most important, the first important thing is wisdom. Biblical wisdom gives life. Blessed is the man that heareth me, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 34 through 36. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gate, waiting at the post of my door. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All those that hate me love death. Notice, if I don't have wisdom, then I love death. So I should be seeking wisdom. It's like a hidden treasure. Notice what Proverbs 8 says. I wisdom dwell with prudence and I find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, arrogance, and the evil way. In the forward mouth do I hate. That's what wisdom says. Notice, I am understanding. By me, kings reign and princes decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles and all the judges of the earth. Think about it. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor is with me. Yea, dual the riches and righteousness. All my fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold and my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the ways of righteousness. In the mix of the paths of judgment, that those that love me, what? May inherit substance. And what will happen? I will fill your treasures. That's what wisdom says. The more wisdom you get, you're getting God. That's what you're doing. You're growing in Christ. The more wisdom you're getting, because wisdom is basically going to show you what's right versus what is wrong. 
Wisdom is going to tell you what to do versus what not to do is wrong. Okay? And so this is what God is saying in His Word. That's what His Word is all about, is to teach us how to do right because He's a God of righteousness. And this is what He wants us to do. He wants us to have the capabilities and the understanding to choose correctly. Choose you this day whom you will serve. See, you've got to be able to make those right choices in life. You know sin can't enter there. You know wrong life can't enter there. God wants us to grow. He wants us to have life and that more abundantly. He don't want us struggling with making wrong choices and having to say, well, should I, should not, should I, should not. He wants you to have the abilities of his word and who he is that when you look at something, you can determine immediately if it's right or wrong. That's what God wants. That's growing. This is what he wants out of us. Wisdom. He wants us to make right choices. Get wisdom. Don't lean to your own understanding. How many times we read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not to your own understanding. And all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. That's getting wisdom. Who can find a virtuous woman? Proverbs 31. Where's the wisdom in all that? Whoso findeth a wife, <laughs> find a good thing. <laughs> and do what? And obtain favor of the Lord. So you have to ask yourself, do you get a wife or a woman? See, you got to be careful. See, that's why this stuff is in here. That's why he said, Distression will keep you from selecting the wrong one. Same thing with the women. It says it'll keep you from evil men. Think about it. You've got to have the wisdom of God. It's, it don't just apply to the guys. <laughs> it applies to the ladies as well. That's why Paul says once we are baptized in Jesus' name, we're neither Jew nor Greek, we're neither bond nor free, we're neither male nor female, we're all one in Christ. See, i got to have the wisdom of God. I just don't want to follow the crowd. Somebody say to you, oh, he's a good looking guy, you should go out with him. No, I don't care how good he looks, I don't care how good she looks. You have to be, you have to have wisdom in this stuff. Cause marriage is what? Until death do us part. I'm gonna to have to live with this individual for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know? So I wanna make sure that I'm selecting according to the will of God. The worst thing you can do is be in a, <laughs> a miserable marriage. Wisdom. 
Get wisdom. So God wants us to have the wisdom of God. Amen. Number five. We need to grow in, as we grow in Christ, He's light. Light is the natural agent that stimulates sight and makes things visible. John chapter 8 verse 12, Jesus says, then spake Jesus again to them, says, I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but shall have what? The light of life. See, so as I grow in Christ, I begin to understand he's light. He illuminates. He opens my understanding so those things that I don't understand, I can see clearly. As Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, now I see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. In other words, God opens up. My understanding to the things that I did not understand before as I grow in Him. See, the more I become like Him, the more I get to know Him, the more He shows me. If you watch the disciples in Jesus' training, first of all, they did not have a clear understanding of a lot of things. But as he, they stayed with Him, as they walked with Him, as they listened to Him teach, pretty soon their understanding start opening up. Amen. He start to explain to them a lot of things so that they would have the understanding. He say things to them like, it's given to you to know the mystery of the kingdom of God. There's hidden things. That's why Paul says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of God. And God was manifested in the flesh, justified in the spirit, seen of angels, preached to the Gentiles, believed on in the world, and received back up in the glory. So to have an understanding of God, you've got to grow. The oneness of God is, is not just going to pop off the pages. You can read all kinds of books. It's not going to be revealed to you until you have a solid relationship and understanding of who he is. And you spend quality time with him. He begins to open your understanding. He starts to enlighten you on more and more and more. Say, he opens up. That's why David says, thy word is what? A lamp unto my feet and a light Unto my pathway. Having that knowledge, then you understand in the beginning, John 1 was the Word. And the Word was with God. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him. And without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was what? Life. And the life was what? The light. See? And so this is what Jesus says, He that follow me shall not walk in darkness but you have the light of life. You've got God with you as you grow in him. You will be able to see where you're going. You will have the understanding of what you're doing and why you're doing it. That's why Jesus told Nicodemus in John three seventeen. He says, Nicodemus, God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He says, here's condemnation. Light is coming to the world. But men love darkness rather than light because they're deeds of evil. 
See? So therefore, God is light. And therefore, if we don't grow, what are we doing? We're staying in darkness. Paul told the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians 4, he says, if this gospel be hid, it's hid to them who are lost and whom the gods of this world has blinded the minds of them that believe not, lest the glorious gospel of Christ whose image of God should be revealed to them. See? It shines forth. The gospel, the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It enlightens. It opens your understanding to who He is. Some have not the knowledge because they're still walking in darkness. But as we grow in Him, the more light should be in us. That's what Jesus says in Matthew 5.16. You are what? The light of the world. You are the city that is set on a hill that cannot be hidden. Men don't buy a candle, he says, and put it on a bushel. He said he set it on a candlestick so that it gives light to everyone that's in the room. Let your light shine that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Because if Christ is in you, then light is supposed to be in you. There's supposed to be no darkness in you. You cannot, let me say this a million times, you cannot have a devil and the Holy Ghost at the same time. I don't care how many pigs in the parlor books you read. You cannot have the devil and the Holy Ghost at the same time. Scripture tells you God does not dwell in an unclean temple. So if somebody comes to you with that doctrine, you better put a quick stop on it or else you're going to find yourself being inundated with demons from every which way. Because what you're saying, if you accept that kind of doctrine is, God don't have power over the devil. The devil is greater than God is what you're saying. And my God says, all power. And heaven and earth is given unto me. He has all power. Demons tremble at the name of Jesus. You have the light in you. Amen. If you've got his spirit, that's what John says in 1 John chapter 1. This is the message. And we declare to you that God is what? Light. And in him is no darkness at all. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin. Amen. We walk in the light. We grow in the light. Did you know plants need light? (laughs) You know, plants get their energy, you know, from the light, the sun, through the process called photosynthesis, right? That school teacher, 
<laughs> Amen. See, so it's the same way. Where do we get vitamin D from? The sun. I went to the doctor and the guy said, you're low on vitamin D. I said, that's okay. It's winter. Give me a few more months. I'll be out in the sun. I'll be fine. They say 90% of your vitamin D come from the sun. So just put on your shades and set out in the sun a little bit and go back in the house. Don't get burnt. Don't say, Pastor told me to go out and sit in the sun all day. <laughs> you know, but that's where it comes from. This is why it's good to go outside and work a little bit in the sun. Not too much. You know, I don't want you to get burned. I don't want you to overdo it, but get a little bit of, get a little bit of vitamin D. You know, so that you grow. Because if you like a vitamin D, what happens? Osteoporosis, right? Your, your bones become brittle, they say. I'm not a doctor. We got any doctors in here? <laughs> That's what they say. Your, your bones become brittle if you don't have enough vitamin D. Say. Isn't it amazing that scientists say that? And what are they doing? They're just proving God. He's the light. And if I'm in him, I'm strong. I have energy. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions over all the power of the enemy. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. And you shall be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Jehovah, Samaria, and the other most parts of the earth. He Gives me the strength that I need. Lift up holy hands. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. The light, it comes into us. Amen. And we shine bright. That word is a lamp. And it's a light. You ever notice that the sanctuary of the tabernacle, they had the candlestick, right? They give light in the sanctuary. But once they went into the holies of holies, where did the light come from? God descended. Amen. They have no need of light in there. When you're in his presence, you're going to have light. Come on. Grow in him. As you grow in him, you're going to shine bright. You're going to shine forth unto the coming of the Lord. Amen. You are the light. Praise God. Amen. God wants us to shine. This then is the message which we have heard in declaring to you that God is light. Here is condemnation. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness rather than light. Because they're deeds of evil. That he that doeth righteousness come to the light. That his deeds may be wrought that they're works of God. I want to shine for him. I want to be bright, shining continually. Second Peter 119. Second Peter 119. We have also a more sure word of prophecy, whereunto you do well that you take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place until the day dawn and the day star rise in your heart. Amen. Just stay with it <laughs> till the light bulb comes on. Hit the switch. You are the children of the day, Paul says. 
You're not the children of the night. You belong to God. You're the children of the day. The light. The brightness. In the beginning, God stepped onto the scene. And what's the first thing he said? Let there be light. And there was light. Amen. You look at the first passage, the new birth was immediately established. Get darkness away from the light. Light expels darkness. That's why the psalmist says in Psalms 139, amen, that the night and the day are both alike to him. He's God. We got to grow in him. And as we grow in him, we grow in the light. We grow in the word. We grow in the light. We grow more like him. He's light. The more of him that's in me, the more of him that I put in me, the more of him, the time I spend with him, I'm going to be just like my dad. That's what he wants out of us. Is to have that same image shining bright, shining forth unto that perfect day. Amen. Ephesians 5.14. Ephesians 5.14. See then, back at 14. Wherefore he said, Awake thou the sleep, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. Wake up. It's time to cast off the darkness and put on the armor of light. See, when you put on the armor of God, you know what you're doing? You're putting on Christ. That's all it is. Your loins girded about with truth. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the light. You're putting on the breastplate of righteousness. I'm a God of righteousness. Your feet shot. He is the gospel. Faith. He's a God of faith. Helmet of salvation. Neither is there salvation in any other. He's the sword of the spirit. For the word of God is quick and power and sharper than any two-edged sword. Think about what you're putting on. You're arming for the battle. All those things does nothing more than enlighten you to who he is. And how to make right choices and right decisions through wisdom, power, knowledge, and understanding. Because that's who he is. It's his word. That's why he told his disciples after the resurrection, he started in the law of Moses and the Psalms and the prophets that things concerning him. It's all about him. I am the light of the world. He that followeth me shall not walk in darkness, but should have light of life. Awake. Get up from the dead. You're not dead. You're alive. You were dead. <laughs> but now are you light. Now are you alive in Christ. Amen. So we've got to continue to grow in the light, grow in the word, understand what you're reading, 
as Jesus constantly said to the people, understanding what thou readest. See, you've got to get into it. You've got to study it. You've got to have the wisdom, the knowledge, and the understanding of Almighty God. Amen. Number six. Amen. To grow in Christ is to grow in eternity. Eternal is defined as lasting or existing forever without end and beginning. Jesus Christ is everlasting, never ending, endless, without end, perpetual, undying, immortal, deathless, indestructible, imperishable, immutable, abiding, permanent, enduring, infinite, boundless, timeless God. Think about it. <laughs> it's a good job, fool, aren't it? But he's eternal. Now unto the king eternal, immortal, invisible, to the only wise God be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. He is eternal. That means everlasting unto everlasting. Have you ever considered eternity lately? <laughs> When's the last time you considered eternity? Hello? About an hour ago. <laughs> See, this is a topic we need to consider. I need to grow in him because he's eternal. And if I'm going to spend on spending eternity with him, I need to know about him. He is the eternal God. Psalms 90 verse 2, before the mountains was brought forth, if ever thou hast formed the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, thou art God. Do you know him? From everlasting to everlasting. Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, 15-17, This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Howbeit for this cause I obtain mercy, that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering, for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him, to life everlasting. Now unto the King eternal, invisible, immortal, invisible, to the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So we are growing to eternity in Christ because we're going to spend it with Him forever. Amen. He, he doesn't die. He's forever and ever. Look at Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through 17. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. For he is what? The image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things was created by him and for him. 
and by all him all verse 17 by him all things consist amen everything was created by him from the beginning he is the image of the invisible god amen the firstborn of every creature that he may have the preeminence amen he's from everlasting to everlasting it was Jesus in the beginning. That's why John says, in the beginning was the Word. And the Word was God. And what happened? The Word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. And we beheld His glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. See, so in the beginning was God. When it's all said and done, it's going to be God. If you look at 1 Corinthians fifteen twenty one. 1 Corinthians 15, 21, Paul says, For since by man came death, by man also came the resurrection of the dead. Verse 20, uh, go to 24 real quick. Then cometh the end, when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall put all down, all rule and all authority and all power. Verse 25. He shall must reign till he have put all enemies under his feet. Verse 26. The last enemy shall be destroyed is death. 27. For he have put all things under his feet, but when he said all things are put under him, it is manifest that he expected which put all things under him. Verse 28. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject to him that put all things under him that God may be. Go back one minute. All and all. Think about it. God from the beginning. God from the end. All things will be put under him. Amen. You don't have to worry. It's going to be God in the beginning. It's going to be God in the end. And it's going to be God forever. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so as we grow in him, we understand he's from the beginning. We understand who we're going to be with from the end. Jesus says, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to somebody else, to myself. That where I am, there shall you be also, John 14, right? So don't let your heart be troubled. <laughs> he says, if you believe in God, believe so in me. Amen. The works that I do shall you do also in greater, because I go to the Father. See? But he's God. 100% God, 100% man. He just took on flesh and blood, just like you and I. That's why he's known as the merciful high priest and things pertaining to righteousness. That in, in him, all things is subdued under him. And he is the head. You got to grow in this thing to have this understanding of who he is and how he applies and why he's eternal. Invisible and mortal.
the only wise God. Amen. Paul says to Timothy, he says, he will show us who is the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the great and only potentate, the king of kings. Amen. Jesus Christ. He's eternal. He's immortal, invisible, the only wise God. Be glory and honor forever and ever. David says in Psalms 24, who is the king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty. The Lord mighty and battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lifted, you everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. See, this is why when you read Isaiah, the Lord says, I am the Lord, and that is my name. And my glory will I not give to another, neither my praises to graven images. You are my witnesses, saith the Lord, and my servants whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me that I am he. Before me there was no God formed, and neither shall there be after me. I, even I am the Lord, and beside me there is no Savior. Isaiah 43, 10 through 12. See, I've got to know Him. I've got to grow in Him to know Him, that there's no one other. I've got to know that He's from the beginning. I've got to know that He's the one that's going to be in the end. I've got to know that He's the one that's coming back for me. Amen. I'm afraid he's going to prepare a place for me. What did the angel says in Acts 1 when he, the disciples, when he walked them out to the edge of Bethany and he went up? What did the angel say? You men of Judea, why standing you gazing up? The same way he went up, the same Jesus is coming back in like matter as you have seen him go up. And as Paul told the church at Thessalonica, amen, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. He says, God is coming back for us. And so, therefore, we need to comfort one another with these words. For the Lord himself shall descend with heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel and the trump of God. And the dead in Christ shall rise first. And those of us that remain shall be caught up to be with the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. It's eternal. Amen. It's not a temporary thing. There's no purgatory holding you up. Amen. We're going to be with the Lord forever and ever. To be absent from the body is to be present with Christ. I want to be with Him. I got to know Him. I got to study to grow in Him. Amen. Praise God. This is getting good in me. (laughs) Amen. Amen. Think about it. See, we've got to grow. We've got to grow. This is what God wants more than anything is is to us to have that knowledge of him and to grow in him and not be led away, Paul says, by every wind of doctrine. That's why he said in Ephesians 4, he's gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists and pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ until we all come into the unity of the faith, 
to the knowledge of the Son of God, to the perfect man, to the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ, that we be no more children. Notice, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, whereby they wait and lie and wait and try to deceive us, but grow in Christ. Notice, no more children. That's why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, he says, when I was a child, I spake as a child, I thought as a child, I act like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. See, you need to know the doctrine of Christ. You need to know your Lord and Savior. You need to be totally 100% convinced that neither is there salvation in any other. But there is none other name under heaven given unto men whereby we must be saved. And that's Jesus Christ. He's from the beginning and he's going to be from the end. As he said in Isaiah, I don't know any other God. <laughs> Amen. Before Abraham was, I am. Praise God. Amen. So we're growing in Christ. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Don't forget Sunday morning we have Friday night. Sunday morning we got leadership training. Amen. For everybody. Amen. 815. Come, let's have a little coffee and donut and and drink some some leadership training stuff. And then Friday night is prayer. Six o'clock. Come pray. Amen. And just have fun. Get some vitamin D. Sun will be out. Amen. Get the light. Send the light. The blessed gospel light. Let it shine from shore to shore. Send the light. The blessed gospel light. Let it shine forevermore through your life to a lost and dying world. Father, we praise you. We exalt you again tonight, God, for your goodness and love towards us. Thank you for your people. Thank you for your presence with us tonight. Thank you for your wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. God, we're asking you to continue to lead us, to guide us, that we will be more like you. Thank you, and bless your people, Lord, and touch them in every area. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. See you Sunday, Friday.